Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge podcast. Today's guest is Karen Lauritsen. Did I say your last name correctly? You did, yes. So she is a third grade teacher at Treaty Rock Elementary in Post Falls, Idaho, or fourth grade. Okay, fourth grade teacher. So Karen, congratulations on being named the Teacher of the Year. That's super cool. And thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, how long you've taught, where you taught before Idaho, that kind of thing? Well, this is my 21st year of teaching. Um, I have always been a teacher. <laughs> so um, I started teaching in 2002, um, actually up in Alaska on an Air Force base. Um, I taught at Aurora Elementary up on Elmendorf Air Force Base in Anchorage, Alaska. That was my first job. And then shortly after that, I moved down to Tucson, Arizona, and I taught that at Academy of Tucson, and I taught um, kindergarten and second grade there. So um, I taught there for three years. And then I moved back up to Alaska because I missed it so much. <laughs> and I taught first grade there for quite a while at Russian Jack Elementary. And then um, I moved here to join my family. And I taught at Mullen Trail Elementary and I taught first grade and second grade and a one-two combo. And then I was um, excited to get the opportunity to start Treaty Rock Elementary here in Post Falls. And here I've taught um, third grade. And then I had a really interesting year where I taught second grade and first grade online. And <laughs> yeah, it was quite the wild year, <laughs> but it was really fun. And then I've taught uh, third grade, and this year I've looped with my class, so I have pretty much a lot of the same students, and I'm teaching first grade. Um, I've also taught um, a college course, and so I've dabbled in that as well. Awesome. So you said you looped, so you taught last year's third graders who are now this year's fourth graders? Mm-hmm. Most of them, yeah. Okay, so you've been with them for two years, or were you with them before third grade? Yeah, this is my second year with them. That's a really cool concept. I've been kind of curious about that. So what have you thought about it so far? I love it. Um, I've done it with a class before, and I really enjoy it because I feel like you get the opportunity to really already know the students. And when you come into the class the next year, you know their personalities and you know their needs, and you already have such a great basis and when you just start the school year, you can just, you know, hit the ground running. And the kids who are new to your classroom, they're just met with open arms by all of the kids who already know the routines and stuff like that. And I find that it's just such a great culture and it's just such a warm and welcoming environment for everybody. And I just think it's really fun. So I really enjoy it. That's awesome. I'm a former high school teacher, and I used to teach 9th, 11th, and 12th grades, so I would get some of the kids three out of their four years, and I liked that for a lot of the reasons you're saying, like, they already know your classroom, your personality, your procedures, and you already know them, so you kind of save that orienting time that you might have with new students, and you get to just get right to it, plus you already know what they've covered, and so you know right where to pick up really easily. But that's great. 
So I am curious about last Thursday when Superintendent Ibarra came to your class and announced you were Teacher of the Year. Can you tell us about that moment? It was pretty crazy. At first, um, our principal, uh, uh, Katrina Kramer, she just told us it was a celebration assembly. And so I didn't really know what we were celebrating. She said that we were celebrating um, our fundraiser and um, some of the great things that our kids were doing um, so far uh, academically. So I was really excited about that. But then, of course, I walked into the gymnasium and I saw, you know, uh, Sherry Ibarra, and I saw um, our superintendent and our assistant superintendent and a lot of the members of our school board. And I was like, whoa, okay, well, <laughs> this is something different. <laughs> um, and, but I didn't see anyone else. And so um, I was like, well, this is exciting. I was like, I see all these important people. I thought maybe our school is getting some award because all of the teachers that I work with and all of the educators at my school are phenomenal. And so I was, I was certain that our whole school was getting an award, to be honest. So then she called you down and what was it like that moment when you heard your name and knew it was just for you? I just, my heart was exploding. <laughs> to be honest. I, I'm not used to being recognized like that. I don't think really any teachers are. Um, we're usually just, so excited to have our students be recognized and, and that's usually what we do at assemblies. So um, to have it, you know, just be me was kind of surreal, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and all I could really think about in that moment was just how grateful I was um, for all of the amazing people that I work with. And I just kept thinking about um, how happy I was to share it with my students. Um, just the fact that, you know, the second that they said my name, they just all clamored on top of me and were giving me hugs. You know, I was just like, you know what, that's what it's all about. It's, it's all about them. It's all about the fact that they're so excited for me. And that was really the best part. Yeah, that is really cool. It was kind of sad when you said that you're not often recognized and teachers in general aren't often recognized. So obviously not every teacher can get a teacher of the year assembly. What are some like smaller ways that teachers could or should be recognized on a more frequent basis? Well, just last week I had um, one of my little kids in my class, she got sent to the office and she was kind of like shocked because it was, you know, all of a sudden it was like, Kinley, please go to the office. And she was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> and her mom had got me a mason jar full of flowers just for no reason. And this was like way before this ever happened. Um, and it was just, just all of a sudden, just for a thank you, just for nothing, you know, just, and I, I just was so caught off guard, just, wow, thanks, you know? It was so incredibly sweet mm -hmm. and I so much. And, and honestly, the thing that I just appreciate most is just a simple email that I get from a parent that just says, thanks for teaching my kid. Or, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, the patience that you had when, you know, was having a tough time oh, adding two digit numbers and you really helped with that. Um, just those tiny little, you know, moments when people 
just recognize that is, is so meaningful to teachers. It doesn't have to cost anything. Just when anyone says thank you, trust me, it just makes our heart melt every single time. I was interviewing some students today for another story who want to become teachers, and I was asking them about what they think some of the obstacles teachers face are, and they said a lack of recognition, so it matches up with what you're saying. And I often have people ask me, like, what should I do or what could I do to to recognize my child's teacher? And I always say that exact same thing, just taking a moment to say thanks. Like, it doesn't necessarily need to be a gift. And even if it is, like, handmade ones from students are great or a card. Yeah, just words of appreciation go a really long way with a teacher. And I think when people are angry or mad, they're more compelled to take that time out of their day to send a message. But I think if parents can remember when they're happy or pleased or hear their child say something nice about their teacher, to also take a few minutes out of their day and send that email because it means a lot to teachers. Um, A lot of teachers I know keep track of all those in a folder, like they'll save all those emails, they'll save all those notes, and then when they're having a hard day, they'll pull that out and look through them. So yeah, great ideas for recognition. Oh, so the favorite thing that I ever got as a teacher was actually I had a kid um, take a a lid from a soup can and used a, um, a, like a glue gun and did a star on it and, and just like, spray painted it and it was like the best teacher medal <laughs> and I still have it is the favorite thing that I ever got oh that's awesome yeah just those <laughs> gifts from the heart for sure so going back to the start of your career why did you decide to become a teacher I I think I always noticed that I loved helping other people understand And that's just something that I always had within me. And I noticed that as a kid, I always found peers around me, even in like first and second grade, that weren't understanding a concept. And I would always want to go over and help them or read with them or help them with a math concept. And my teachers would always kind of giggle at me and they'd say, oh, you're a little teacher. (laughs) And I always kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. And at first I thought that I wanted to be an English teacher, um, but I got a practicum in college that placed me in a first grade classroom. And at first I was like, oh man, no, that's not gonna be for me. Like I know I wanna teach high school English. And the second that I walked into that first grade classroom and I was just met with this wall of energy I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is where I need to be. This is it, this is amazing. I, I just knew that I would never have a dull moment in an elementary school classroom. And that was right. So I always knew that I wanted to teach, but I wasn't quite sure what. So I, I ended up in college figuring out that elementary was where, where it was at. A lot of teachers say that part of what helped them decide to become a teacher was a specific teacher who made a big impact. So I was wondering if you had someone like that. I would say that it's actually a couple. And when I I grew up, I grew up in a small um, Clinkett, um, Alaska Native village in Alaska. And there were, it was a married couple and their name um, was Karen and Mike Cleary. And she taught English and he taught woodshop. And both of them 
um, really believed in me in a time when I was kind of struggling with that middle school type, um, you know, time of life when it's a little bit challenging. And she, Karen, um, first of all, my name's Karen and her name is Karen, which I just thought was amazing. And she always told me that, you know, I had a gift and, you know, writing was a gift that I had. And she, you know, helped me foster a love of reading and showed me books I could read. And um, Mr. Cleary, Mike, um, he just like let me run wild in the wood shop. And when other kids were making like napkin holders, he looked at me and was like, hey, kid, I think you're capable of more. And I was like, I don't know. These machines are kind of scary, Mr. Cleary. And he was like, no, you can do it. He's like, I want you to make a bookshelf. And I have the bookshelf that I made in Mr. Cleary's fifth grade um, shop in my office in my home right now. So it stood the test of time. <laughs> and both of them were just so much fun and were just such wonderful people that they put a smile on my face every day. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think that's a big deal when somebody sees something in you that you don't see yet. And that's a great thing that teachers can do for their kids. So in this new role as Idaho Teacher of the Year, you'll be traveling across the state, meeting with teachers, legislators, policymakers about education, and you get to travel to Washington, D.C. So you'll be a spokesperson of sorts for teachers across the state. And teachers don't always have as much visibility or voice as other stakeholders in education. So with this platform, what do you most want to advocate for in terms of bettering Idaho's education system? That was actually, as I was like standing at the podium with the award, I was thinking about, oh my gosh, now I my voice is gonna be amplified and how exciting that was. Um, because I am so excited to be able to tell as many people as I can about everything that is going great in education in Idaho. Because I think so many times we hear what's not going right. Or we hear the, the people who are like the naysayers who don't believe in public education or they call it government schools. And they are very quick to point out that some things are, are not the best in Idaho. But I'm in schools every single day. And I've been in schools for two decades. And I feel that I am well positioned to speak about what is going on in our public schools. And I think what's going on in our public schools is dedicated educators, doing amazing amounts of work to accomplish miracles <laughs> every single day with kids. And the things that I see teachers accomplishing every day to reach the multifaceted needs of our children today, staggering. And in the two decades that I've started teaching now, the needs of children in my classroom have been growing every single year. I mean, it's, it's huge, the scope of their needs. And I'm just noticing that as educators, we are having to grow 
every single year to meet those needs. And what I'm finding is educators are rising to the challenge. And I am finding that not only are they doing that, but they're doing that in a way that is enjoyable and fun and timely. And I'm just, you know, I'm just so proud of the people that I work with. And I'm proud of the kids too, because they're taking all of these um, difficulties of, you know, missed opportunities of learning through COVID and stuff like that. And, and, and they're growing and they're learning and they're making it happen. And I am always impressed with what I'm seeing from our administrators. You know, they're working hard as well. Um, and I just want to tell people how hard everybody's working. I see my superintendent doing the very best that she can to make everything work. And I would say from the top down, from the bottom up, everybody is doing like a thousand percent. And I am just so impressed. And, you know, and I know this too, because not only am I a teacher, I'm a parent. I have a student who is an eighth grader and has always been in public schools. And, you know, so not only am I, you know, a teacher, but I look at this, you know, with, with, a, you know, critical eye because I'm also a consumer of it, you know, and, and I want the best education for my child as well. And I feel that he is getting that. And every teacher that he's had has been amazing and is doing great things. And so I am just very excited to be able to tell people, you know, all of the great things that are happening. Okay. Thanks. Um, I think it's important to share that positive vision like you were saying, but I'm sure also that everything's not 100% hunky-dory in education. So what do you see as some obstacles in Idaho education today, and what are some potential solutions that you could identify for getting over those obstacles? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I am critical as well of the things that, you know, could potentially be better in Idaho education. Um, one of the things that as an educator, I've also noticed um, is, you know, becoming more challenging is student mental health. And I would, yeah, I would probably say that most educators would agree with me that this is probably one of the most, if not the most important obstacle that um, teachers are facing all the way from pre-K probably to college. And, um, you know, not only with um, student anxiety and student depression, um, which comes into play in the classroom all the time, but also with just varied um, student behavioral needs. And um, one of the things that makes it really challenging is your general classroom teacher or educator is not well suited to solve complex behavioral needs because these behavioral needs are beyond the scope of your general classroom teacher. Um, these should be, um, you know, solved by somebody who's like a board certified behavior analyst or something like that. And, and in most school districts, we only have one or two. And that's for thousands of students. 
And most of those students that they service only have IEPs. And so one of the things that we could do, and one of the things that I hope to speak with the legislature about, is we need more funding to hire more board certified behavior analysts and the like in our school districts. Another thing is that um, uh, nowhere in Idaho can one get the education that one needs to under like to get that type of certification. You have to go out of state for that. So one of the things that I would really like to see in our um, colleges and universities in Idaho is um, a program where teachers could get an education in behavior. So more teachers could get certified in how to understand and diagnose and treat behavioral conditions so that we would have more of a grow your own program. I think that that would be really wise. And I think that we would have a larger pool to hire from because right now we're having to hire all of these out of state and it's really difficult to do. So are you saying with this program, the teachers would become behavior or mental health specialists instead of teachers or in addition to teaching? Well, for example, um, I went ahead and got a master's degree in special education with an emphasis in behavior, just so I would understand the students in my classroom, but I still work as a general classroom teacher. Um, so, and I didn't go ahead and get my board certified behavior analyst certifi certification, but I, I could if I wanted to. Um, however, I want to remain a classroom teacher, but what that did give me was it gave me a huge background in understanding behavior, like the, the ins and outs of the functions of behavior and why kids do the things they do. And that makes me a much more successful educator. And I believe that if more teachers, um, when they're seeking out getting a master's degree, um, if they would perhaps get a master's degree in something like that, it would be very, very helpful for their classroom practice. Um, I would say for sure it was very helpful to mine and in, in my classroom management skills, um, it's, it's helped me immensely um, with helping children in my classroom be successful. Um, but I had to go out of state um, to Ball State University in Indiana and pay out of state tuition to do that. And I feel like if teachers could do that in Idaho, it would be really helpful. The legislature in this upcoming session will be deciding what to do with an influx of education funds. So this is one idea that you have for how those could be used. How else do you think money should be spent in education? Um, one thing that I feel would be really important is lower class sizes across the board. Um, Idaho is, I think, as, as last I checked, the, the 15 um, in the top 15 of class sizes in the nation. And I feel that when class sizes are too high, educators can't make the meaningful relationships that they need to make with students. And that again, adds to the mental health problems. And we need to really make those um, good, I don't want to like, um, like classroom, you know, culture and, and, and good meaningful uh, relationships with students so that they're successful all the way up through high school. And I believe that when we have really high class sizes, especially in fourth, fifth grade and beyond, we can't really do that. And also we can't make the academic gains that the legislators 
um, require us to, to give us more funding. So it really becomes a catch-22. So I'd really like to see that. Another place that I would really like to see um, money is in early childhood education, because I feel like giving Idaho's children a strong foundation um, at the beginning of their life will set them up for success. I'm very, very happy that Idaho now has full day kindergarten because I believe that that will give more um, children a, a strong foundation. But I do believe that early childhood education um, is going to be um, helpful and level the playing field for more children. And that's one thing that I'm really um, passionate about is equity. And I believe that leveling that playing field for more children throughout Idaho is going to be really helpful. Okay. Let's go back to your comment about lower class sizes. What do you think should be a class size cap? And what is your class size this year? Well, I would say that class size caps definitely do change, um, you know, by the different grade levels. Um, right now I have 27 fourth graders which is just kind of on the edge of manageable. <laughs> but then again, I'm a really well-seasoned teacher with a great set, you know, set of classroom management skills. If I were a brand new teacher, might not be. Um, some of our um, fifth grades last year had up to 32 students. That's too many, in my you know, personal opinion. Um, it's just too many to make um, really strong relationships with students and to make the academic gains that you really need to make. Um, so I really feel like it does change, you know, from kindergarten to fifth grade and, and middle school. But what you really need to look at too is just as low as possible, you know, that we can make it. Um, I just think it's just going to be best. Okay. And then in terms of the early childhood funding, do you have some specific ideas of what you would like to see? Well, Idaho is one of the only states that does not really have any early childhood programs that are statewide. And one of the things that I would like to see is Idaho not be one of the states that doesn't. <laughs> um, you know, like Idaho is one of the, the you know, last states to have full day kindergarten. And I would just really like to see us catch up to, um, to the other states and because Idaho's children deserve it. And so I would really like to see um, a, like a comprehensive um, state funded preschool system for um, all students in Idaho. Um, and, you know, just an early childhood, you know, pre-K program at least where um, it you know, is free for parents and just gives children you know, just some basic skills and um, just kind of gets them you know, kind of some basic pre-K skills of how to do school and how to get along and, and stuff like that. So when they come into kindergarten, they have a stronger foundation. Okay. So another thing I was curious about, you've taken on this role of Idaho Teacher of the Year, which is a huge honor, but it's also a lot of responsibility. And as a teacher, I know you're already really busy. So why did you want to take this extra responsibility on? And just so the, the readers know, um, you have to get nominated for this, but then you also have to apply, right? So okay. some teachers might not apply. But there was a huge class that did this year, which was like 348, I believe. But anyway, so why did you apply for this opportunity, knowing it would mean some extra work as well? 
the thing is, is that um, I'm really not afraid of extra work. <laughs> um, I do teach full time as an educator. I'm also the co-president of my teachers union. And I'm also um, just a hair away of getting my PhD. <laughs> so basically, um, I, I'm really not afraid of a challenge. <laughs> um, I basically it's um, I, I am always excited to be able to um, share a platform of what's going on in education and um, to be a voice for what's happening in education. Um, I feel like I am a person who is got my finger on the pulse of what's happening in all areas of education. So higher ed, um, you know, since I am, you know, I know tons of educators through my position in the Post Falls Education Association. I know, you know, a myriad of educators who are at the high school level, um, in the middle school level and at the elementary level through that work. And, um, you know, I, so I just really feel like, um, you know, of all the educators, I feel like I am in a really good place that if somebody this year was going to speak for educators, um, I think I could do a good job. Okay. I was also curious in your two over two decades of experience in education, do you think the profession has changed at all? And if so, how? I do. I do. Um, I think that the, the career has um, kind of bloomed. And I guess what I mean by that is the, the tasks of a teacher, um, the jobs of a teacher every year seem to grow. And I say that because the needs of children every year seem to exponentially grow. And um, I would say that, you know, <laughs> the things that we have to test kids on, the things that we have to progress monitor on, um, the types of things that we have to keep apprised on, the standards that change, every year um, it's more. Every year it's more. Um, I, I think about, I was telling my husband, who's a first year teacher this year, um, when I first started teaching, I didn't have a curriculum. <laughs> I kind of had to make it up. And now there's there's just so much. There's so much to keep track of. There's so much to do. There's, um, there's just a lot. And I would say that that's changed. And a lot of it also has changed with, um, with social media and people um, and how they talk about teachers as well. I think that's kind of a little bit changed teachers' psyches. Um, for example, when I first started in 2002, all you would really hear about teachers or teaching is probably what your neighbors talked about or what you might see on the news. There surely wasn't people talking about it on Facebook or podcasts or you know, Instagram or stuff like that. Um, so it has changed in that aspect, I would say, a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, there's just a, you know, it's, it's changed quite a bit, actually. Yeah. So you said that how people talk about teachers has changed and it's even changed teachers' psyches a little bit. And I thought that was a really fascinating comment, but I don't exactly know what you mean by it. So what do you mean? Like, what are they saying about teachers now that they weren't before? And how is it changing teachers' mentality? I would say that there's just a lot more, um, a lot more to consume. 
there's a lot more um, like pro teacher sentiment and a lot more anti teacher sentiment that you can consume online, um, kind of based on where you look. So um, there's also just a lot more news articles about how kids are doing. There's a lot more data that you can consume. And I think all of that um, kind of changes people's um, minds about education. And a lot of that is stuff that you really probably couldn't find <laughs> 20 years ago. Um, all that you might see is just kind of like, you know, your kids report card. And now there's just, there's so much data and you can see exactly, um, you know, how kids are doing all around the state, how kids are doing nationally. Um, there's just a lot more all over the place to consume, um, I guess, depending on, on how much you choose to. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I'm curious about how you are doing in terms of springing back to full day in-person education after the pandemic years that saw remote and hybrid education. Do you feel like you are recovered or how are you doing? I know that um, as far as I'm concerned and every other teacher I know, oh my gosh, are we so glad to have kids back in buildings. <laughs> Everybody is just so thrilled to be quote unquote back to normal. Um, it's just, it's so great to be back in school every day and have everybody pretty much healthy and not have the fear. I think that that's just really nice. Everything feels pretty darn good. Um, there are some gaps that kids have. And so we're just doing the best. It's kind of like the way that most teachers see it is there's gaps. There's gaps for different reasons. We don't really care why we're going to fix it. So regardless of why kids might have gaps, um, if they miss school or if they were, you know, homeschooled and got some different, they might have missed a certain, you know, part of learning for this reason or that reason. Um, it doesn't really matter. We're going to fix it. And so I think that that is a really great attitude. And that's really the attitude that I've seen from every educator. So it's just like, okay, this is what we have. Here's where we're going. Awesome. Okay. I think we're ready to move into the very last portion of the show. And this is basically like an exit ticket. And it's three questions that I will ask every teacher when they come on the show. So question one, what's the very best part of being a teacher? The best part of being a teacher is the energy. I would say it's just that this is a job where it doesn't feel like a job. <laughs> it's a job where um, it is just smiles and that moment when kids light up and they get something and that you get to be fun and silly and teach really cool stuff. And you just get to share how much you love to learn with kids and you get them to do it too. So that's what I love about it. All right. Question two, what has teaching taught you? Teaching has taught me that not everybody learns at the same pace. And that is really everything in life. <laughs> um, and that's your head and your heart. Not everybody is in the same place at the same time. And that's okay. Okay. Last question. 
What advice would you give to a first-year teacher, or what do you wish you had known in your first year of teaching? Well, this is um, really apt because my dear husband, Jason, is in his first year of teaching. And um, one of the words of wisdom that I give him is, you're doing okay. (laughs) Um, He second guesses himself a lot. And, um, you know, he's like, well, that lesson didn't go as well as I thought it did. And I said, you're doing better than you think you are. And so that's really what I, I want first year teachers to know is you're doing better than you think you are. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's super helpful because there's so much to learn that first year. It's such a big learning curve. But yeah, just exactly what you said. They're doing just fine. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it, and good luck with the rest of your school year. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Teacher's Lounge podcast, and don't forget to go to idahoeducationnews.org for all of the latest. Have a great week.